What a great song to lead in to our conversation today about wounds, about places where we need healing to know that we don't go in there by ourselves. We go in with a good, good father who really can be perfect to us in this space, whose power can give us confidence to enter places that we would rather not go on our own. When it comes to wounds, um, we all have to deal with them, and they're a reality in our lives, and some of them are are physical, but some of them are emotional. Some of you remember last year, about this time, I had shoulder surgery. You remember, some of you remember this? And so um, I think I brought a couple pics along with me today for you to see. Like, yeah, there I am. So this, so the one on the, the left is uh, when I went into surgery, and I, you know, I was ready for it. And if you recall, like I, I avoided shoulder surgery for a long time. My shoulder hurt for years. And I didn't want to do anything. I couldn't throw a football anymore. I couldn't play basketball anymore. Couldn't do stuff around my house anymore. And then it got to the point where it hurt all the time. And I still didn't want to do anything with it for the longest time. Like I, I was, it, like literally, I, I would sit in meetings and I'd be doing this. And I was taking 2,400 milligrams of ibuprofen a day just to live at this level of pain all the time, right? Because I'm an idiot, and I would, you know, I just, I would rather avoid, like, shoulder surgery is like a year recovery. It's like, do I really want to do that? I, I had been told, I asked people, you know, and then they, you know, some of them were like, yeah, it's good to be healed, but they were like, yeah, it's like the pain after that surgery is going to be real. Like, you think you have pain now, like, wait till after the surgery. It's like, do I want that? You know, it wasn't till the pain of staying the same the reality of what I couldn't do anymore, all the things that were denied me of being a little grumpy all the time because of this, you know? You know what I mean? When you have a lot of pain in your life, like, until that became a reality that I was like, I've got to move forward to heal this. And because I'm an, again, I'm an idiot, this is me on the right, three days after surgery, like, they're like, yeah, don't go, you know, you don't go back to work out. Until like a week or two weeks after, you know, I'm like, I'll be fine. I went in this like four hours in the office after I was like worked for four hours. And my wife was snapping pictures of me because in my office I just was like, I had no more gas left in the tank. I was like dead. And so she really enjoyed those pictures too. But here's the thing, right? When it comes to our emotional wounds, we avoid them too. You've got hurts in your heart. That you would rather not deal with. Your, your temptation, right, is to run. Some of you have some wounds in your heart, and you're not aware of them. You don't, you don't even know what they're keeping you from. You have no idea why, like, sometimes you react in anger to someone. It just comes out of nowhere. You, sometimes you're, you feel disconnected from people. You seem to keep them at an arm's length. You stay really, really busy instead of dealing with your wound. You're like, I, I, I don't know why that is. Your outcomes of wounds. On the interior that you're just like, I, I don't know if I want to deal with that. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time for you this morning to bring that wound before God and have him deal with it. And maybe, maybe that wound is related to forgiveness. Forgiveness is a tough subject. Um, I didn't grow up with a lot of teaching on it. I didn't, you know, my church experience was very varied. But there was, you know, God's forgiveness, sure. Giving others, they never told me about that. 
Remember, told me that it was actually God's a place where forgiveness starts. It's the place where God's grace intersects our lives and begins to heal us. It's what opens us to God's goodness in our life. It's what moves things out of the way so that we can be transformed. But we get stuck sometimes, I think, because you know, we make, you might maybe, maybe you've made a decision to forgive, but you're like, I can't seem to forget. It just comes back. It didn't work. Sometimes there's something that happens in your life, and it's just too big. You're like, I don't know that I can ever forget that. I don't know I'm ever going to be moved past it. We get a little stuck. So we focus on the pain. You know, we circle up the wagons. We revisit it. It comes back, and it keeps haunting us, and we're like, I don't know that I'll ever get past this. So we have no intimacy with God. We can't get a relationship with God going. We talked about that last week, how it prevents us from a relationship with God. We feel isolation with others. We got anger. We got pain. We got heartache. We got bitterness. We just live in it. It's like this, right? We're always living with this. So this month, here's our goal. Our goal is to help you see forgiving in a different light. As a way and a path to healing. As a way to open up spaces. Forgiving is not about your offender, about the person that hurts you. It's about your healing. It's about the space that God can meet you. It's about a place to discover that. And in the coming weeks, we're going to even talk about how to discover a new way of life where you don't need to stack up forgiveness, how to avoid making a big stack of it so that you have bigger wounds. And then we're going to talk about how to actually unpack it and, and find freedom today. Today I want to talk about forgiveness in the light of healing. Forgiveness in the, this way that what if we could forgive? What if forgiving as healing was really like, I can forgive even if there's no possibility of restoration, of reconciliation. I can forgive even if that person won't say they're sorry, will never be safe enough to be in relationship with, could never understand how they hurt me. I can still forgive and find healing. Isn't that what possible? it didn't depend on someone else. That's our conversation this morning. But here's where I want to start. I had a couple conversations this past week as we went through this. People were like, well, thanks for telling me why to forgive, but I, I, I'm still kind of shackled to some things where I think forgiveness is. Are you going to talk about what it is and what it isn't? It's like, yes, actually, we are this morning. I want to start there. And here's why, because sometimes we shackle too many other things to forgiveness, and we're unwilling to make some hard choices to move into it because we don't understand what forgiveness is. And sometimes the best way to understand what something is is by understanding first what it is not. So let's lighten the load of forgiveness a little bit this morning so that we can just talk about it. Okay, so let's talk about what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness, first, it's not approving or excusing. It's not saying like, oh, what you did was okay or excusing it like it's not a problem. Oh, you didn't really hurt me. That's okay. No, it's not that at all. In fact, there's this great story in John 8, right, of this of the woman who's about to be stoned. She committed adultery, and this crowd gathers around her. They're about to stone her, and she feels the weight of it, and Jesus kind of comes to her rescue, says, you know, let those of you who have never sinned be the first to throw the stone. And the crowd disperses, and it's this beautiful moment. And in that moment, right, what's the, does the story just end? Because we love that part of the story. We're like, woo, go Jesus. That's not the end of the story. You know what the story ends with? Him leaning down, lovingly looking her in her eyes and saying, now, stop sinning 
lest something worse happen to you. He didn't excuse it. He didn't act like it was okay. He said, that's harmful for you. Don't, don't go there. Forgiveness is not proving or excusing, but it's also not reconciling. It doesn't mean that we're reconciling you theologically with Jesus. For those of you who are following Jesus, let's just, let's just put a little theological baseline to it. When Christ dies on the cross, right, God lays upon him all of our sin. And forgiveness is now available. And reconciliation is only possible. When Christ died on the cross, your sins are forgiven, but you still have the work of receiving that forgiveness and reconciling with God. Forgiveness doesn't mean you have a relationship with God. Lots of people are forgiven, but that doesn't mean they're reconciled to God. That's still an individual choice. See, reconciling is different than forgiveness. It's not the same. You know, last week we talked about this, that often we we sort of wait for somebody else to come to us. We're like, when they come back and they say they're sorry and they apologize, then I'll forgive them. And you're waiting, and you're waiting. You might be waiting a long time. And, he, and here's what Jesus teaches, and we talked about this last week in the Lord's Prayer, is that repentance is not a prerequisite to giving forgiveness. It's a prerequisite to receiving forgiveness. Now, you can't, you can't receive forgiveness truly and be healed unless you're repentant. But giving forgiveness, that's not about repentance. God doesn't wait for us to come to him to offer us forgiveness. Forgiveness is first offered, and then we receive it. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. Forgiveness is not denying. It's not repression. This is what this is actually repression is something that's really bad for you, but it's also something that's very natural. It's actually how our minds work as children when we suffer something traumatic. And even as adults, we suffer something traumatic and we automatically, when we can't handle it, when we have no way to process it, when it's not safe, we repress it. And repression leads to depression. And repression leads to bitterness. And it's never healthy for us. But, but and we're going to talk about this today, and when Paul talks about forgiveness, he actually says don't, says, he doesn't say don't act like it never happened to you. He just says don't store it. Don't hold on to it. We're going to talk about that a little bit later today. It's not denying it, pretending it didn't happen. And it's not forgetting it. Forgiveness is not forgetting. You've heard the saying, like, forgive and forget. It's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? You can't just give yourself a mind wipe. I mean, if you're like me, it's more likely that I will walk into a room and forget what I came into it for, which happens all the time. People were like, that's a senior moment. I'm like, I've been having a senior moment since I was five years old, right? Like, I, I, It's more likely that that will happen than you will ever forget that wound, that pain that happened. And here's the thing, this is what is beautiful in the scripture, what Hebrews teaches in Hebrews 8, is that God does not forget our sins, he chooses to overlook them. Isn't that powerful? He didn't forget what you did wrong, he chose to, that's, that's a powerful statement about love. Because forgetting is kind of a cheap way to deal with it. Love is powerful when it's like, I know what you did, I'm just choosing to overlook it. This is what we're invited to. See, forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiving is healing. This is the gift. This is the invitation of God. It's not just like they say, I'm not inviting you to forget what happened. I'm inviting you to heal from what happened. 
forgiveness is how we think. And it is counterintuitive because we think somehow if we hold our offender accountable, if we do something with offender, we got to wait on our offender. And God's like, no, it's not about your offender. Forgiving is not about your offender. Forgiving is about your healing. That's what God wants us to understand. This is the gift. He's going, I can't work in your life so long as you're more focused on your offender than you are on me. So long as you keep bringing that wound into the space of your offender and reviewing it, I can't be at work in your life to do a healing work because I got no room. You got no focus. You got to give space for me to work in your life. So this morning, we're going to talk about two choices. I think they're probably two of the most important choices if you want to actually get started to forgive someone. If you don't make these choices, I don't think you can even get started on the process. We're going to talk more about where to go from here, but these are two choices. And I'm not going to joke with you. I'm not going to kid around with you. They're probably the hardest choices you're ever going to have to make in life. And if you're going to follow Jesus, they're going to be some that are, they're going to be some of the most transformative choices that you will make. They're hard. They're like, no joke. So, let's start talking about these two healing choices. If you want to follow along today, inside this thing that says scoop, there's an outline you can follow along with this morning. So here's, here's the first choice God invites us to. It's letting go of what's owed. Letting go of what's owed. So, you know, when someone wounds us or someone hurts somebody we love, you know what happens? We make a little ledger entry. You know, we get... We get our little, our little ledger book in our hearts. We open it up. We write in a name of somebody. You know, we're just kind of in our hearts. We write down what they owe us. We feel the weight of that. Like, you owe me that. You hurt me. I'm not going to forget. It's right there. It's in the book. And the deeper the wound, the more entries we make. Just keep making entries. And you, some of us, you revisit that one. They're, oh, I remembered that one again. I'm going to make another entry in my heart. And some of you have been doing this for so long because you didn't know how powerful and how important forgiveness is. You don't just have one of these books. You've got a whole stack of them. You're carrying them around. You, you had them on your heart, and they are heavy. And they're awkward. And you're dragging them around with you, and you're like, man, so much weight. Feel so much, feel anxious, feel angry. I, I got all this stuff stirring up in me, and so much for just related to the number of entries you got in your heart that you've never let go of. You're weighed down by the debt that's owed you by people in your life. And you know, you know it's really crazy. What is someone ever going to do to repay that debt? Now think about this. I'm just going to tell you from personal experience, when they come and say they're sorry, the debt's still there in your heart. When you see something, you might even get, you might even tell them what they did. You might just give it to them and, and, and like, oh, I'm just, and the debt's still going to be there in your heart. The truth is that, that no matter how much they've wounded you, there is nothing they will ever do, not even their death will remove that entry from their heart. There's no punishment. There's no thing that they can do to remove it. The only person that can erase that debt is you. You're the only one who can let go of it so that God can heal it. You're the only one who can cancel that. See, it's not 
It's not just forgetting the choice. I'm not saying make the choice to forget the debt. I'm saying make the choice to cancel the debt. To say, you don't owe me now. You don't owe me ever. See, choosing to forgive, make choosing to let go, is really just a choice to say, I'm not going to stay wounded anymore. I'm not going to stay wounded. I'm not going to stay in this place. I'm done suffering this pain. I want a new day because I'm tired of carrying this around. Carrying this is heavy. You know, one of the people in the scripture who knew a lot about this, his name was Paul. He actually wrote a lot of Jesus follower, wrote a lot of the New Testament. Here's the thing about Paul. If you read a lot of his story, you find out pretty quickly that people slandered him all the time. He was suffering, he suffered beatings, doing nothing wrong. He went to jail for no reason. He watched people that he loved get hurt by others on a regular basis. He knew something about forgiveness, about the importance of it. So he writes this chapter, this this one section of scripture. And it's, it's actually pretty famous, people love it. It's called the love chapter. You know, you heard it at weddings, right? Ooh, it's so nice. Love, love is. Love is this, love is that, love is this. Ooh, that feels good. So we don't really understand the weight of forgiveness. And for Paul, in 1 Corinthians 13, 5, he actually, he actually shows us the weight of it when it comes to love and forgiveness. This is the language of each other. And this is what he says. He says, it, you see, love. Love is not irritable. You're like, hey, thanks, Paul. Kind of knew that, right? Kind of have some people in my family who are irritable. It's not loving, right? Maybe you just want to quote that to each other next time it happens. Like someone's irritable with you, just be like, Paul says love ain't irritable. You're irritable. But here's what's interesting. He ties it together with the subject. He says love is not irritable. And by the way, here's how I'm tying this together. Love keeps no record of wrongs. So you see, these are related. You say love is not irritable because if you keep record of wrongs, guess what you are? Irritable. You know, fun to be around. You're bitter. Just don't, so if you keep record of wrongs, this is what you're going to be. You, you keep tracking that debt. You know, he just puts his finger on it. He says, listen, forgiveness is the language of love. Because if you don't, if you keep record of all these wrongs, you have a ledger, and you keep a record of it, and it's there all the time, you're not going to be able to love it. You're not going to be able to receive it or give it. So let me ask you something. How big is your record? How many of these do you have? How much are you carrying around? How easy is it for you to recall what your coworkers have done? That ledger entry. How many times do you revisit something that someone's done in your life to you? It comes back up. And you've got the ledger entry for it. How many entries have you made and never really taken this step? Maybe they're small. Maybe some of them you're not even aware of. God wants to reveal them to you today. You're like, wow. I mean, maybe it's with your kids, parents. You're like, they just keep pushing me and pushing me. Rubbing, and now I need to forgive them. Or here's one. Teenagers, you got your par- parents, you just put their hands, hands over your ear, want to talk to your kids for a second. Your parents, and I, I'm going to tell you something, they, they weren't not going to tell you this, so I'm going to tell you, okay? Your parents 
are not perfect. Right? Sometimes they don't even know what they're doing. Okay? They're just working really hard to try to figure it out. And if you're a teenager, right, you're probably at the space where you're like, yeah, I know, I, I try to tell them this all the time. And, and you find out it's not really helpful, right? Because it's like, they, they, they're, it's just, right? And so you might need to forgive your parents. But they're not superheroes. They're just people who are trying to love you. They really do. They don't got it all perfect, but they really do love you. See, forgiveness is something that has to happen. In every, if you want to have a relationship with someone, you've got to forgive them. This is why Paul said it's so important. You've got to choose to cancel that emotional anger. Now, the beautiful, there's this beautiful picture in the Old Testament of this. In the Old Testament, when, when the Jewish people were, God was trying to teach them the way of what was coming and what Christ would do and what this all meant, what he wanted for them, and they didn't really have a picture of it, he, here's what he did. He created this ceremony. It's called Yom Kippur. It's this day where so what the priest would do is the priest would hear all the confessions of people. They would bring all the confessions of how they sinned, how they hurt other people, how they disobeyed God, how they walked away from God. And, it, and then he would hear them, and he would come out, and they would, they would get a goat. And he'd come out, and in front of the presence of all these people who have heard their confessions to him, he would come out, and he would confess the sins of everyone. He'd lay his hands on the goat as if to say, putting this all on this animal, on this, on this goat, this this is like God's heart for them. He wants to see it and just laying it all on the goat. And then they would take the goat and they would, the crowd would follow as they lead the goat out to the wilderness. And they'd release the goat as if to say, we're sending the sins away. God's sending your sins away as if they are no more. <laughs> Powerful. That's what God did for you. This is what God does for you. This is what happened on the cross when Jesus, God laid all the sins on Christ. He was the scapegoat. Send all the sins away. As if they were no more, to say, I want a relationship with you that much. There's no extent that he won't go to. And yet, for some of you, if you're a Jesus follower, you probably had this happen where you said, I'm going to forgive that person, but then something reminded you of that pain. Maybe they did something again, or maybe somebody else did something, but it, it reminded you of the ledger entry in your heart. So you know what you did? You went out into the wilderness, and you dug up the carcass of the goat, and you drug it back in and said, I'm going to live with this more. I'm going to drag it back, and I'm just going to live with it some more. You opened up your wound again, and instead of saying, no, I'm not going to, you know what feeling that you just reminded me of? I made a choice to let go. Or maybe it just reminded you of a new ledger entry you didn't even know you had. Because maybe you did forgive that other one, but now there's a new ledger entry. And it's new, and you're like, I'm not going to live with that. I'm going to let go of it. This is the invitation that God has for us, for the you, to let go. And listen, you can't let go of what you don't know, right? You can't, God can't heal what you don't feel. So you've got to be willing to go to these places to say, God, will you reveal to me? Will you tell me if I've got ledger entry? You've got to be willing to do something with this and bring it into God's presence and really let yourself feel it. You know, this week, um, because, because when I, every time I'm working, my wife knows I'm working because I'm bleeding somewhere if I'm working, and because I'm a klutz and this just happens to me. And so I, I actually had my, I was doing something with my trailer, I had my trailer backed up to my Jeep, and they're kind of cockeyed like this. And, 
and uh, my trailer has this big part of the hitch that holds up like this. So I get done, my trailer, my hatchback's up, and I put my hand on top of that little thing. I decide to close the hatchback. Can you picture what's about to happen? Because it opened fine. But there's not enough space between the hatchback and that ledge and my finger. Not this much space, about this much space, right? So I, I you know, you just shut that thing. Because I'm a man, you got to shut that thing hard. Pull the skin right off my finger, right? And I, now I'm trying to, like, finish up what I'm doing. And because I'm, I'm a guy and I'm an idiot, sometimes I just, you know, blood, just shake the blood off your finger and keep going, right? I didn't have any duct tape to just put around it. So I just, you can tell I grew up in Perry County, right? Shake that off. So, so I, I go inside, right, after I'm done with this, and I'm going to get a Band-Aid. What do I do first? Wash it. How many times have you just tried to heal your wound in your heart without washing it? You want to wash your wound, you got to expose it, right? This, I had to peel the skin back. I know this is gross. I had to peel the skin back so I could wash it because there's junk underneath it. This is what it feels like in your heart. You're going to have to let God peel some stuff back. It means you're going to have to feel it for God to wash it, for his grace to breathe into it. You have to name it. Name that person and let God do something new in there. He will. And it's beautiful and it's good. But wounds that need healed, they've got to be first washed. You know what happens when healing happens? Leaves a scar, doesn't it? Well, here's the thing about scars. I got I got all these from my so- shoulder surgery. I got all these scars where they went in. Paul, I got this big one down here that I always feel. I can still a lump right here because where they had to cut was a little bit bigger because they had to they had to reattach tendons in places. I'm really good at messing stuff up. So, I, in the process, here's the thing: when I move my arm, I can still feel that scar. You know what it reminds me of now? That I don't have pain. That I'm healed. I can do this now. You know, some days your wound is just going to be a scar. The place that God healed you, where his grace intersected you and changed you. So you got to let go. That ledge wrench. But there's a second step, and no joke, this is probably even even harder. And this is this is where you got to get to now. It's giving God consent to lovingly deal with your offending. Say, God, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold out anymore. You know, I'm not gonna focus on pointing my finger. I'm not gonna hold on to my right to say they did something wrong. I'm not gonna hold out on them. And this is this is what we do normally, right? We're like, I want justice. So we talked about this last week. I'm taking them to the courtroom. I'm gonna sit in the courtroom and point my finger and hope I get healed. It doesn't work because when you want healed, remember the picture of me in surgery? Like they put that. You know when it happens when you get surgery, they put you that little robe on you that's really embarrassing, right? You got to hold, like, you're like, ooh, don't look, you know? Like, you're in the most vulnerable place possible because that's what healing requires. You need to let down your guard. Stop focusing on the pain and say, I'm just ready. Whatever it takes, just heal this thing. God, just come in. And, and part of that is stop your finger pointing. Stop saying, I'm going to do a true act of surrender. Just say, God, I trust you. With doing what needs to be done. Now, I remember with my dad, I told the story before with some of you. My dad and I did not have a good relationship for a lot of years. Always button heads. We did not see eye to eye on anything. My poor wife, even in my 20s and 30s, like she had to deal with like every time we went to visit, 
I got pain. I'd come back out of it, and I would relive it, and I would rehash it, and she'd have to hear about it. I had so many ledger entries. And, I, and he was not a man who was, the words, I'm sorry, never left a man's lips, ever. It's a force of nature. I remember just, and I try to set him straight. Never good happened in my fingerprints. So God got me to the place to say, Sean, do you know what kind of person you are? Let me show you the kind of person you are with all this bitterness in your life. Let me remind you of all that I've forgiven you of. He said, it's not your job to point your finger at your dad. I'll do that. You only have one role here, and it's to forgive and save. Can you trust me? deal with your dad so that I can deal with you. It changed the whole nature of our relationship because it changed me. Not him, me. It changed me. God has a prescription for our fingerprint. I love this passage in Isaiah. We're going to look at it. It's like where the Israelites, they're just mad and they're bitter. They don't like where they are in life. They don't like what's happened to them. There's oppression. And they're just, they're just angry, bitter people. And so God sends Isaiah the prophet to speak this into their lives. He says, you want to remove the heavy yoke of oppression? You want to you get rid of all those ledger entries you have in your heart that cause you bitterness and anger? He said, here's what you need to do. He says, stop pointing your finger. Stop holding on to your right to say, you did this, you did this, you're wrong. Stop spreading vicious rumors. Start, stop talking about what happened all the time. Stop giving your painted version of it, your bitter, angry version of it all the time. Stop revisiting it all the time. Instead, here's what he says, he says, feed the hungry. He says, love people. Let me enter into this space. He said, because if you'll turn the corner, stop pointing the finger, here's what will happen. The light will shine out of the darkness. The darkness around you will become as bright as the noonday sun. The Lord will guide you. You'll make space in your life for him to give you water when you're dry and restore your strength. It's a good promise. God's saying there's, there's something beautiful. There's healing on the other side, but you've got to be willing do something really hard. Hmm. You know, some of you might be sitting there, you're like, you, Andrews, you don't know what happened. You don't know what that person did to me. I can't forget. I can't simply put it behind me. And I'd say you're right. You can't. You're not going to just forget. In fact, you may never forget. Someone gave me an article this week to read about forgiveness, and the person made this observation. When bees come into a beehive, when an intruder comes into a beehive and is neutralized so it's not a threat anymore, you know, they can't get back out. Like there's no way to get the intruder back out of the beehive, so here's what they do. They cover it with wax. It becomes a permanent part of that beehive. So what happened to you might become a permanent part of your life, but it doesn't have to be an open wound. It can be something to be remembered of what God's done to heal you, transform you, change you. And it was, here's what Isaiah is saying. Is, Listen, give God consent to deal with that person. Give it up, the right to 
point your fingers, and then you can forgive. Because here's the thing, that's what Jesus teaches in the Lord's Prayer. We don't forgive sins. you got no right to forgive sins. We forgive people. God forgives sins. You forgive people. That's all God's asking. Will you forgive that person? Not what they did, forgive them for doing. Isaiah's words, right? First you forgive. You can't get healing until you forgive. You can't get healing until you take your focus off pointing your finger. Which means no more speaking that words of offense. No more revisiting it. No more holding it out on them. No more anything else. Every time that memory comes up, instead of agreeing with the pain, you agree with God's love. And you say, I'm going to agree with you, God, that you can deal with it. And it's not my role. It's yours. Give God consent, and he'll give you a brighter future. This is God's promise. This is, this is real. It's what God did in my life with my dad. It's like the last year of his life. I got to sit with him in the hospital. No longer an angry person. No longer doing this with people. Just loving him. Not because he changed. Not because he came back to me and said, oh, I'm really sorry for all those things you did. Just because I forgave. Now, I know this is a really tough choice, so let me just raise the stakes a little bit. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is really important. You, so let's do a little biblical text here, so a little quiz. Do you know what one of the names of the devil, God's enemy is? Is called the accuser? Have you ever had this moment where you know you've, God's forgiven you, but you felt the accuser pointing his finger at you? Look what you did. You're not really forgiven. God couldn't possibly forgive. Ever felt that? It's ugly, isn't it? It's horrible. You know what happens? You know what the accuser is? It's a, it's a cheap finger point. Do you know who you are when you point, point your finger? You align yourself with the devil and his work. That's what you're doing. You're saying, I'm just going to agree with your work. Let me just be like you. Let me point my finger. I remember God revealing that to me and me going, God, I don't want to be that person. That's not who I want to be. You point your finger at others. You're going to become bitter. You know where bitterness leads? According to John Hopkins, it leads to depression, to diabetes. It leads to traumatic disorders. It, it raises your blood pressure. This is just the reality of the science. So let me ask you, can you imagine a space where you've forgiven and you're free? You're healed. And God's begun to heal your life and done something new. This pastor, I get to actually walk with people anymore. And one of them was my wife. And I watched her go through a story like this. And so I asked her if she would come and just tell a little bit of her story and how God used it this morning to maybe inspire you. Let's listen. You know, he asked me, but my small group asked me too. I said, Brian's sitting here in the middle. Um, we had, um, we're doing a Tim Tebow book right now, and one of the questions that we had talked about was bitterness and how um, have you dealt with bitterness in your own life? And I thought, well, all right, nobody, it's quiet right now. I'll at least tell a little bit about my story from the past. Um, my mother did something that hurt our family immensely. Um, uh, years ago, my boys were only two years old. Uh, I have twin boys, and uh, 
she cheated on my dad, and it was one of those things where it was such a ruckus in our house, and because nothing like that has ever happened in our family, and um, I found my dad on our, uh, uh, actually coming to our doorstep and coming in and, and us counseling him and the hurt and the pain um, that was involved with that. Um, I'm glad that we could be there for my dad, but what happened at that time is it caused me to get even more bitter um, in my mind against her and what she had done to our family. I knew in that I wanted to, I was actually, my plan was, uh-uh, you're going to keep in this and you're going to continue this? Yeah. You're not going to see your boys. You're not going to know they even. You're going to know they exist, but you're not going to have access to them. You're not going to be able to be grandma to them. These are not things that I told her, but these were things that I had brewed up in my own mind and in my own heart and what I wanted to do. Um, I love how God steps in, um, and we in a different small group at that time. We were reading Bondage Breaker by Neil Anderson, and one of the things that he said in the book was, if you're holding bitterness in your heart right now, you're sinning against God. And I was like, read that again. If you have bitterness in your heart, you are sinning against God. And what's happening is you have caused a blockage for me to be able to work in your mother's life. And if you do not ask for forgiveness yourself, then I can't work in her life because you need to be healed first. <laughs> what? You know, um, and that was the truth. That was that was the total truth. So um, I think a full week went by. I had shared with Sean, and um, it was one of those things is where um, God impressed upon my heart that I was to ask my mother over to our house, and I was to buy her flowers and give them to her and ask her for forgiveness. I was like, all right, Lord, really? I, I You're out of your mind. <laughs> I'm telling God he's out of his mind. Um, but, you know, it took a little while. I shared that with Sean, and he was like, "Hun, you have to be obedient. And so I was obedient. And that day, um, standing on the front, my front porch, I handed her flowers, and I let go, as Sean said, and I let go of what, what I felt was owed back to me. And I opened up God to work healing in her heart and in her life. At the end of the service today, we're going to sing Death Resurrested. And I was listening this morning to the music. And I always, we always let the music play as we're getting ready. And this morning I heard, but then Jesus arose with my freedom in hand. Death was arrested and my life began. So when my mom left my house that day, not only did she get some freedom in her life because her life began because God was on the healing journey with her, but my life began because I let go of bitterness. And I really think about that time period. If I would not have made that choice, my boys would not have the relationship with their grandma they have right now. And I wouldn't have the relationship with my mom that I have right now because we are inseparable. So there's healing and there's power. So you always have a choice and it always makes a difference. I have one. <laughs> yeah, it's powerful, right? Like, I want you to be. I just wanted you to be able to get a picture. What God can do in you? What could God do in the future if you were just, just willing to make a choice? 
once you start stop renting space to your offense and your wound and the offender in your heart, and you make space for God to do something, his grace has space to work. Just imagine the freedom. And normal people don't forgive. It's not normal to do that. It's normal to hold a grudge. It's normal to have an entry in your heart. But then you wouldn't experience the miracle of grace. Not really. Because every time you forgive, what you do is you make space for God's grace to do a miraculous work of healing in you. Every time you forgive, you make space for God to do the supernatural work that Christ accomplished on the cross that now is accessible to you to experience the grace. Not just to know about God's grace, but to experience it and to be healed. You open up possibilities for reconciliation that were never open before. I don't know if it'll happen, but you don't know what God can do. But you got to say yes first. you got to make a choice first. So I challenge you this morning. Right there on the bottom of your it's a little outline, it's a little prayer, but underneath that's a little white space. morning, I want you to enter into a space. I'll just give you a couple minutes. Ask God, like maybe there's already names on your heart. Some of you need to forgive a ledger entry that you have there. Some of you, maybe that name is yours. Somebody that owes you. You've been carrying the weight. You've got ledger entries. You know it. Just write their name down. Maybe write their initials down. Maybe Someone's going to cheat off your paper this morning and you write an alias down. But you got to name it. I just want to, I'm just going to give you space right now to do that. Just for a moment. We all have these kind of wounds. Just ask God. He'll help you name, put a name to it this morning. Just write it down. something that I believe is true for all of us this morning is that we've got ledger entries, things that are owed us, people who owe them to us. So I'm going to invite you to do something a little different this morning. Can we just close in prayer? I'm going to ask you to help me. I'm going to ask you to participate in a closing prayer. A way for you to begin to make some of those hard choices, not on your own, but to collaborate with this invitation that God has offered. Say, God, I'm asking for your help can't do this myself. It's too hard. You come and do something supernatural. And so 
You'll see our, a prayer right at the bottom of your outline. It's also up here on the screen. We're just going to read it together, aloud, slowly. Because you're not just reading it. I want you to read it in the presence of God. I want you to make it your prayer to God this week. First step this week. Let's, let's read it together slowly. Jesus, I choose to let go of what's owed me. Help me to let go. I choose to give you consent to deal with my offenders. Help me to surrender them to you. Jesus, heal my wounds. Leave the scar to remind me of your loving grace. Lord Jesus, this morning we ask, Holy Spirit, we ask you to come to fill our hearts, to give us courage. Help us to put a name and a face that's brought into your presence for you to wash that wound, for you to do a new work in us, for you to touch us with your grace. Help us to make the room by making the choice. Say, I'm going to try to let go, God. I'm going to try to start to move this aside so your spirit can work in me. Come and work. That we might say, Jesus, someday we might look back and say, Jesus, now when I look at the scar, I don't feel the pain. I feel your grace, and I'm grateful. Heal us, Jesus. Heal us.